I'm back in the saddle again Out where a friend is a friend Where the longhorn cattle feed on the lowly temps and weed I'm back in the saddle again And all that Cannabis Conundrum Podcast Family, Cousin Fox and Foxy Lady. I could use some cannabis right about now. <laughs> oh my goodness, we are back. Cannabis Conundrum has entered the building. It's been a long fucking time. And you're probably feeling emotional right now. So I would like to hear from you before we go any further. Hit up the Instagram, Cannabis Conundrum 1. Hit up Desert Fox, F A W K E S. Hit up Foxy underscore Lady 1. F-A-W-K-E-S-Y underscore Lady 1. Hit up Cannabis Conundrum at Gmail. Hit up the Cannabis Conundrum community on Facebook. Post something. Say, hells yeah, I'm glad you're alive. Call us at 575-914-2444. We need to hear how you feel in this moment. Because guess what? <laughs> it's going to be legendary. From the very origins of the United States, we've had a love-hate relationship with both alcohol and with cannabis. We have been very passionate about both. Right now, we're going to start off with alcohol, and we're going to give you a little history lesson. A lot of this stuff you probably already knew and forgot. Some of it might be a surprise. Alcohol has been part of the American culture since the beginning, for hundreds of years. Some Native American tribes used alcohol for ceremonial purposes during the pre-colonial era. In the 16th century, pilgrims landed the Mayflower illegally at Cape Cod rather than their chartered destination in Virginia. Why? Well, they were looking to replenish their supply of beer. By the 1820s, Americans of all ages were drinking way more than at any point in our history, consuming on average about three times as much alcohol per day as their counterpart did in the 21st century today. They drink a lot. <laughs> Widespread overconsumption and drunkenness led to the temperance movement, which gained momentum through the formation of the American Temperance Society in 1826. The temperance groups called for abstinence from alcohol and gained cultural momentum, resulting in increased demand for government prohibition. Maine passed a law in 1851 prohibiting the manufacture and sale of liquor, only to repeal it five years later. Temperance movement eventually lost steam during the Civil War, but it was revived in 1881. Kansas made history when it amended its constitution to outlaw alcoholic beverages. Other states began to follow suit. The outbreak of World War I in 1914 spurred calls of nationwide prohibition due to the need for devoting the nation's barley crop to bread rations for soldiers rather than to beer production. In 1920, Congress ratified the 18th Amendment to the United States Constitution, making the production, import, transport, and sale of alcohol illegal nationwide. The separate Volstead Act, designed to enforce prohibition, went into effect the exact same year. Estimates indicate that alcohol consumption fell sharply during the first two years of Prohibition. 
and even though it rose a bit during the later years of Prohibition, overall consumption still remained to be about 30-40% to 40% below the pre-Prohibition levels. So I guess they considered that a win. At the same time, though, illegal activities rose during Prohibition. I mean, I know you're thinking, yeah, people became criminals because they wanted to continue to drink. You know, illegally distilling their own shit. Moonshine, bathtub gym, those were really popular. Let me buy you a drink. I don't know if you remember what a speakeasy is. You know, the little club that's hidden inside a club. The places that served illegal alcohol were huge. Bootlegging became huge. If you don't know what bootlegging is, it's the transportation of the illegal alcohol, state to state. That became incredibly profitable. And who profited the most from that? <laughs> Organized crime did. They became very well-funded all of a sudden. And with that, more violent. Another big thing during Prohibition was methanol poisoning. You know, because a lot of people had no idea what they were doing. The shitty quality of the shitty homemade alcoholic beverages. Yeah. People had no choice. <laughs> I mean, I guess you always have a choice, right? With the onset of the Great Depression, state governments began looking at this all, all over again. They started to look at it as, what, how much money could we generate off of alcohol if we started selling it again? These people are going to drink anyway, right? Franklin Roosevelt secured the Democratic nominee for president and won on a platform that supported, you guessed it, ending prohibition. Soon after his election, in 1933, Congress proposed and states approved the 21st Amendment, which both repealed the 18th Amendment and the Volstead Act. A few states continued their statewide prohibition, but by 1966, all of them had abandoned it. Bonus points to tell me which was the last state. <laughs> also to note, home brewing of beer and wine, unlike federally regulated production of distilled alcohols, is legal in all states. Mississippi and Alabama were the last to legalize it in 2013. But do know that home brewers are not allowed to sell wine and beer that they produce. So keep it to yourselves, man. Keep it to yourselves. But yeah, it's still federally illegal to distill your own moonshine. But you can have your own beer at home. You can have your own wine. Moving on. Ladies and gentlemen, Christella Alonzo. Hot smokers here at all? Oh. Jeez, is this a group outing? My God. I don't smoke weed. I have a theory. If your life sucks, don't smoke weed. Because when I was in college, I got high one time. And when I got high, everything slowed down. The last thing you need when your life sucks is to put that sucker in slow motion. So when you're sober and you're unemployed, you're unemployed. But when you're high and you're unemployed, you are unemployed. I say if your life sucks, drink. Because if you drink, you might black out. And that's like a fast forward button. That's what you want. I don't know, Foxy. It sounds to me... I keep hearing it over and over in my head. Like, this uh, prohibition of alcohol sounds a lot like prohibition of cannabis. (laughs) It does. And let's just dig into a little bit of the history of the marijuana policy. Varieties of cannabis are also known as hemp plants. And although the word hemp is more commonly used when referring to the fiber derived from such plants, 
hemp, the fiber, has been used extensively throughout history for items such as rope, paper, fabrics, and canvas sails. It has also been used to create concrete-like blocks for construction projects, bioplastics, jewelry, and biofuels. In colonial America, hemp production was a requirement of English rule, and George Washington himself grew it as one of his main crops at Mount Vernon. At the time, hemp plants were low at THC, the active component of cannabis, and valued mostly for their role in industry. Medicinal use of cannabis did not make its first appearance in America until 1850s. When products with cannabis extracts were first produced and sold as the purpose for treating maladies such as pain or muscle spasms, Soon after, pharmaceutical regulations were introduced in individual states, and products containing habit-forming substances like cannabis were often labeled as poison, and in some cases, were available only with a physician's prescription. You know, Desert Fox, it seems to me that we have a little cycle going on here because they give us medicines now under prescription, which everybody knows is poison, yet... What? Poison? <laughs> they labeled cannabis as poison? I mean, it's not like castor plants or something. It was poison to their pocketbooks. It was hindering a lot of progress for them to get rich. So. Message! Okay, so in the early 1900s, California passed the Poison Act, which it was intended to make it a misdemeanor for the possession of cannabis but only the products not intended for medical use. However, it was unexpectedly applied to medicinal use as well. Eventually, similar laws passed in other states, and the Federal Bureau of Narcotics was established. That was in the 1930s. And they were only established to enforce the legislation that regulated and taxed the products derived from opium and cocoa plants. And Harry J. Enslinger was appointed the commissioner. A supporter of prohibition, enforced criminalization of marijuana and publicized his belief that incited violence and lewd sexual behavior. The Reefer Madness. I was just going to say, do you remember that movie? <laughs> that was Anslinger at his that, finest. That was your grandparents' sex dollars at work. Yes. All states soon had laws regulating cannabis and the marijuana tax of 1937 made possession or transfer of cannabis illegal on a federal level while imposing a tax on medical marijuana and industrial hemp. Okay, so why are you overtaxing me when I'm trying to make a t-shirt? Well, we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater because this plant is the devil. It's trying to throw the cotton industry out of business. It's trying to, yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying on that. Anyways, stricter punishments for marijuana offenses were put in place in the 1950s. And although the U.S. Supreme Court ruled the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 unconstitutional in 1970, the passage of Controlled Substance Act that same year placed cannabis on a Schedule One classification, where it remains today, making both the medical and recreational marijuana illegal in the eyes of the federal government. The DEA was created in 1973 to enforce these drug laws. Changes toward the more lenient marijuana policy began in the 1970s, with some states decriminalizing it or significantly reducing the penalties for the legal use. 
1996, California legalized medical marijuana, but the Supreme Court successfully upheld the ability of the DEA to enforce the Controlled Substances Act, even when it conflicts with such state laws like in 2005, the Supreme Court once again upheld the DEA's authority. It's medical. What is there to uphold? Come on, man. We're going to let you have it until we don't like it, and we're going to reserve the right to just jump in when we say fit. I think it's like, well, when y'all stop acting crazy and start mellowing out, we're going to have to criminalize it because we're losing revenue because we're not putting your ass in jail because you're not out there being crazy. Anyways, back to it. Whatever. (laughs) Nobody listened, did they, Foxy? Absolutely not. More states continued to reduce penalties in marijuana-related charges, and some continued to pass medical marijuana laws. Then in 2012, Washington and Colorado legalized recreational marijuana with the intentions to regulate it like alcohol. Colorado created a marijuana enforcement division, and Washington placed marijuana regulation under its state liquor control board. Since then, Other states have passed laws legalizing recreational marijuana, and several have approved medical marijuana programs. 39 states to date. In 2013, the Obama administration said the federal government would not challenge state legalization efforts. And two years later, the Obama administration eased some restrictions on cannabis research to study its potential as medicine. Meanwhile... Various bills have been introduced in Congress to reclassify federal scheduling of marijuana to reduce or eliminate penalties for minor marijuana violations and legalize medical marijuana nationally. That's one of those mic drop moments because we're glad you just sat through all that. And you know what? There's a lot to unfold. At the end of the day, is is one safer? Is one not safer? You know what? Let's go have some fun. We're going to take a quick break. After these messages, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Sickler. Uh, Where are the drinkers tonight? Where are you at? All right. What's up, balcony? What's up up there in the balcony? And the weed smokers, where are you? There we go. That's me. I'm a weed smoker. Now, I don't smoke daily, but I do smoke nightly, okay? And I have a drink every now and then, too. But just for me, like, I had to really assess alcohol's role in my life, you know. And when I'm just comparing the two, just alcohol and weed, for me, alcohol has always been the bad guy. It's always been full of shitty decisions. It's never had my back. It's just been a really bad friend. Weed has been the good guy. Weed's been there for me. Weed's been kind, gentle, caring. Weed will humble me if necessary, okay? Weed's been a good friend. Now, I've been smoking weed for 25 years, and in that 25 years, weed's never told me to do some of the shit alcohol's told me to do. 25 years, not one time ever, Denver. Not one time ever has weed said to me, just go ahead and piss yourself right here. It's fine. Nobody's even going to notice. That is terrible advice, alcohol. Everyone's going to fucking notice. 
We would never say that to me. No, we would say to me, Ryan, your five-year-old daughter doesn't piss herself. Get your fucking dick behind a dumpster and get your goddamn life together. But, all right, we eat shit. Okay. When you're right, you're right, we. Message! From the heart of the desert, deep inside the Superstition Mountains, you're listening to Cannabis Conundrum. Would you like to be a part of the show? You can. As always, you can call or text the show at 575-914-2444. Again, that's 575-914-2444. Would you like to be a part of a live show? Would you consider downloading the Stereo app? The Stereo app is available in the Apple App Store as well as the Google Play Store. We are going to be hosting live shows. You can get a link in the bio, link in the show notes. Chime in real time. Think we're stupid? Come tell us. <laughs> We'd love to have you, and we can't wait to talk to you there. Our first guest tonight is the host of a podcast that's heard in 142 countries. From We Live on a Planet, welcome Patrick to the show. What's going on, brother? How is shit? Shit is shit, man. Things are good. Drinking some Labatt Blue non-alcoholic brews. Labatt Blue was my favorite, one of my favorite beers when I was drinking, and uh, these non-alcoholic brews taste—I don't know—it's been almost six years since I've smoked, anyways. So, or drank, anyways. I mean, so they taste like a beer to me. It's like alcohol. If you're gonna drive and then drink, you're gonna want to speed real fast, go real fast. If you're real stoned, you're gonna be on this uh, a freeway going 45 miles per hour, thinking you're going 100. Sure that every car behind you is a cop, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that on my way home from the store today. That uh, one of my earliest memories of of really blacking out drinking was probably 16, 17 years old, and we would go up to Kroger. We all had the baggy skater pants and baggy ass clothes anyway. I could fit four mad dogs in my pants. <laughs> no shit. And and we would just two or three times a night. Walk right in, grab walk right back out. Mad Dog 2020s. Horrible decisions. <laughs> Horrible decisions. But I thought after you you know, I thought, you know, after the first round of those, why did we keep going back? Right. Because alcohol was telling us to, we would have been like, man, there's cops all over that place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at home with the smoke. We, yeah, there's so many benefits over weed than alcohol to me as well. You know, I don't, I don't feel crappy. I can smoke a shit ton of weed and I'm not going to feel like shit. But if I drink a shit ton of beer, I can feel the difference. Uh, after a while, your body has to shut down. Yeah. <laughs> One of them completely destroys a very vital organ in your body, and the other one does not. (laughs) That's so true, dude. We used to, I can remember there was a store, and I wouldn't do, here's something I wouldn't do with weed, but I did as a young kid that I wanted my alcohol. There was a, uh, I lived way out in the country, and there was a, a store that had the garage was attached to the store and at nighttime they would have that open when they were stocking things and we would come around the corner of where the store was crawl grab cases of peels which is wicked cheap beer i don't even they don't make it anymore 
and grab cases of these peels and put them and jump over the fence, go over. We had four wheelers set up and bring them out to a camp that we had with a fire pit and drink them piss warm because it would be in the middle of the summer that we were stealing these things. And they were so terrible, so cheap. So, what, oh, just a terrible thing. And then I got arrested before for going down a hill on an office chair when I was drunk. And that's something I would not have done if I was high. <laughs> what would weed have said to you? We probably would have tried to convince somebody else to do it so I could observe it and watch it, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Instead of being the, the alcohol guy being the alpha male going, I'm let me let, I'm gonna do it, watch me, watch me. The weed guy would be like, uh uh-uh, dude, I can't wait to watch this because I think somebody might get hurt. <laughs> but I was drunk and uh got arrested for that. Not fun. <laughs> Going down the hill on an office chair. <laughs> <laughs> you got to describe it to me. What, I mean, what was it like? It was a pretty steep hill. It was a house I owned. I was having a barbecue. I, it was a weekend. I had a bunch of friends over. And earlier in the day, a bunch of kids, like young kids, were going down the hill in shopping carts and shit like that. And we're watching them go down and cheering these kids on and stuff. And we're watching Popo at the end of the street yelling at him and stuff like that well later on in the afternoon at the top of the hill of my house there was a pile of like debris of stuff waiting to be picked up by the garbage and it was an old office chair and so one of my buddies is like dude is that an office chair up there you should check it out maybe it's in good shape and have it for your house you know we decided to go and check it out one of my buddies is like I'm going down on this thing so he sits down on it and goes down and he makes it and well I was like wow that looks like fun and so I get ready to, to get on the chair I bring it all the way back to the hill I get on the chair no sooner than I sit on it so I didn't even go down on the hill does it so I didn't even get to have the fun or the enjoyment of the ride next thing you know Popo comes whipping up and he is aggressive and he is pissed and he is like you on the office chair get off the office chair right now and i was like okay he's like i have had it with you up against the car and he puts me up slams me up against the car cuffs me and i was like yo whoa what's going on he's like i've had to come out here a couple times because you kids were going down the hill in shopping carts and this and that and i go i don't know what you're talking about I go, <laughs> an example of you. you know i'm just like but boy he was so mad he cuffed me hard and then short story long when it went in front of the judge the judge kind of like was looking down and he's like looks back up at me and looks back down he's like went down the hill in an office chair and I said your honor I actually didn't even go down the hill because I was arrested before the actual hill incident (laughs) you know and he's like well if you keep your nose clean or whatever for the next six months or whatever we'll just it all got dropped it was just ridiculous he was on a power trip and all pissed off at me it made the paper It made the paper and it made it sound like I was hanging out with these younger kids that were in trouble earlier in that day that were only 16 and 17 that were Mm -hmm. used shopping carts. And at the time, I was probably 36 or 37. 
And so it made it in the paper, made it sound like I was with these kids, which I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but it all got wind and I went to work Monday morning or Tuesday or whatever it was. It gave enough time for my parts department where I was working. They (laughs) took off my chair from my desk and put pipes on it and put numbers on it like it was a racing chair and I I went into work and I see the chair sitting at my desk and I'm like haha real funny Dennis wants to talk to you the boss wants to talk to you upstairs so I go upstairs and he's like listen I saw what happened to you and you have a company car and since you have a company car and you were technically arrested well on something that had wheels I'm going to have to take your demo away and you're not going to be able to have your company car anymore. And I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? I go, Dennis, I didn't even go up the hill. And he's like, well, I got you, didn't I? And I go, yeah, you did. Are you serious? You're not serious. And he's like, no, I'm not serious. He goes, tell me the story. What happened? But I swear for one for well for more than a split second i had lost my demo and i was like um that's a brand new car that i get to drive all the time anywhere and you're i don't own a car so what am i gonna drive you know that was at the time i didn't own a car because i had a company car so i didn't even own a car i didn't have car payments or pay insurance or anything that's beautiful yeah it was a beautiful marriage but yeah and uh i wouldn't have done that stoned you know i I think too now, stone has made me safer. Whereas an alcoholic and a drinker, the way I was, I it was fearless. You become fearless. Whereas <laughs> a weed smoker, you're like, dude, I know that I'm gonna tw- I'm something on me is gonna get twisted. I can just feel it. I'm gonna pop a shoulder out or something. But alcohol, you're like, ah, do it. Let's do it. Hardcore. Go, go. The infamous, hold my beer, watch this. Exactly. <laughs> and when have you ever heard anybody say, hold my drink, watch this? Right. Not, 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 not much. It's usually like, yo, man, pass that thing and quit politicking. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like I said, weed makes you smarter. People think it makes you stupider. It's like, uh, no, I think weed makes you more cautious and more aware. And alcohol makes you more risky and more unaware. <laughs> <laughs> Weed's got your back. Weed's got my back. <laughs> Never let me down. Never let me down. Dude, this was fun. I will talk at you. Be good and uh, keep smoking weed every day. Smoke weed every single day. Every day. Peace. Uh, peace, brother. Smoke weed every day. Heck yes. <laughs> Ryan Sickler. Weed helped me out with a very serious situation recently. I'm a single dad, and I had to go meet my daughter's mother's new boyfriend, okay? And he's a cop, all right? He's a chip. Remember chips? Remember chips? I got to go meet Ponch, okay? This is my life. 
and I'm telling some friends about it, and they're like, man, you should have a couple beers before you go over there or have a shot. I was like, I'm not taking that asshole alcohol over there with me. No way. I want to be the best representation of myself, not just for me, but for me and my daughter. We're a team. I want the two of us to look good. I'm not drinking before I meet this guy. I'm smoking weed before I meet his ass. And I'm glad I did. Because when I got there and I walked past his police cruiser and I peeked in that window, if I would have drank alcohol, alcohol would have said, bust his windows. <laughs> but I didn't drink alcohol. I smoked weed. The good guy. And when I walked past his police cruiser and looked in the window, you know what weed said? Hey, man, tell me he left his interior light on. Nobody likes a dead battery, Ryan. (laughs) Now, if we're going to break this shit all the way down, (laughs) that's all our tax dollars at work. (laughs) Well, shit, we... When you put it like that, I got to say something. That is all our tax dollars at work, damn it. Tonight's sponsor is LokiHosting.com. It's a place you're going to have to go when you realize that that WordPress site just wasn't going to cut it anymore. From e-commerce to point of sale to web design to social media marketing, Loki Hosting does it all. From plans where they teach you how to run your own website to plans where they run the website for you. Loki Hosting does it all. It's the one-stop shop. The owner of Loki Hosting is so ambitious, he even went out and decided to have a, a, a clothing company. <laughs> LokiWears.com. And he's taking time out of his busy schedule to come and talk to us. Weed versus alcohol. Loki, how are you doing tonight? What's going on? You got the angel on your shoulder and the devil on your shoulder. Which one is which? Claiming that oh. one of them is alcohol and one of them is weed. Example. No, no, because I did exactly I the because even per that video, like the one thing I couldn't do with that guy, that comic, was disagree with anything. Because yes, alcohol would be like, you're five two, that dude's six four, we can fuck him up. Weed's gonna be like I, I mean, I used to always make the joke about like, I mean, how many people you you see fighting be high as hell? It'd be like, well, I'm gonna kick your asses. Uh, come on, we gonna uh, what, what were we talking about again, man? Oh, here, you want to hit this, bro? Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So, we, you, you're not, yeah, we, you generally don't go out and get in bar fights with. Well, you know, it is funny. I, I do have, I, I, my, my, the first time, okay, so when I was younger, I did smoke weed. I smoked it often, but I, I, you know, work has always been work for me, so I never smoked it at work. Well, I had taken a job working at a convenience store. And the assistant manager smoked hella pot. And uh, he found out I smoked. So one day he comes up to the job like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to come up and help you stock the freezer tonight. And I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've, I've done this since I was a new guy. Like, y'all didn't even really train me. Just said, oh, the truck's coming tonight. And I, I, I learned how to stock and, you know, I already knew how to front stuff. But it was like, so I'm thinking, why is he coming up to help stock the freezer? So he comes up and, uh, hey, you smoke, right? Yeah. So he lights one up and I'm thinking cameras, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
but I was like, well, fuck it. If the boss is doing it, let's do it. So we would, we smoked. And I got high. I mean, oh, it was a good high. I stalked the hell out. No, because when I got high, I, I, I would work too. I stalked the hell out of that store. Uh, and I cleaned every inch of that store. I could use some cannabis right about now. <laughs> This is probably 3 a.m. by the time the, the, the assistant manager goes on 3, 4 a.m. Well, the manager shows up at 6, and I'm panicked. Oh, my God, I was panicking. I'm like, he's going to know I'm high. Because, you know, you get that right high, and you, things get to going in slow motion. So here I am trying to clean counters. Yeah, well, I mean. I probably cleaned I, the same spot for, like, five minutes, thinking, oh, he's going to know I'm high. He's going to know I'm high. <laughs> Wait, I need to move. So I moved over a little bit. He's going to know I'm high. He's going to know I'm high. He never knew I was high. And from that point forward, the assistant manager was like, hey, uh, we stock in the freezer tonight? Because we go in the freezer and smoke because obviously you can't smell it out of one when it's cold like that. Yeah, so right, right. So we would right. go in there, we would smoke, and then we would stock the whole damn store. Good old days. And it, it's funny you would mention that because I used to have those feelings all the time. And I, I feel like I've had experiences since then that have led me to believe that when you go into that slow motion, you're actually in like the Neo phase. Like you're in that matrix, you're Neo, you realize. Right. Because you're working extra to compensate for how fast you, how slow you think you're going. Right. So you actually get into that fucking suspended animation, semi-slow motion, but you're moving right. faster than I, I actually had I an even, experience. I, I, I worked, I worked right, for, right. Uh, I, I worked for a bar. It was called TD Alibis. I was there. This was probably about three years in. It was weird the way I, I came across the job because I had a friend of mine that got hired as a cook. Uh, this new owner took over this bar and at the time it was just a bar and there was all this kitchen equipment full kitchen like for applebee's or something sitting in the back and they made pizzas but that was it and they had eight fryers they had a full i mean full fucking kitchen they had a huge smoker in the back and they oh. had no idea what to do with any of it oh, and, you're making me cry <laughs> and my buddy my buddy uh convinced dude to call me and I was fresh I was just graduated from culinary school and it was like hell's kitchen if you've ever seen the show but yes I, I got pulled into this environment here let me buy you a drink and got to hire everybody got to start from scratch got to hire my kitchen got to design a menu with a couple of my buddies and they fucking ate the shit they ate the shit up. Um, made a couple side dishes off of the dough that they were throwing in the trash every time they made a pizza. I mean, I made this kitchen efficient as fuck. So fast forward three years later, um, I had been high as fuck every single day. I'm Desert Fox. That's what I do. And that didn't start. In the, yeah, that was a long time. That's happened. Um, and one day, all the stars aligned against me, Loki, and there was no weed to be found any fucking place any fucking place one of one of my guys literally got popped the other one was uh on vacation with his family in florida there was random fuckers i hadn't talked to in years that uncomfortable conversation hey do you still smoke weed you, you might have a dime you could sell me that yeah awkward shit 
I couldn't right. find any weed that day. And, and it was a Friday. It was my day that I needed to be in the zone. And I was not. And I was fucking useless. Not useless, but not myself. And at the end of the night, my boss, Bob, pulled me into the office and he said, I've known for a long time that you smoke weed. Sometimes you come in here smelling like it. He said, but whatever you smoke tonight, that was some bullshit. Because <laughs> I made a couple <laughs> costly mis- I made a couple costly mistakes and he was he was chastising me. Don't come in here high again. I said, Bob, I can't say this with enough conviction. Like the, tonight is the first night since you have met me that I was not stoned. Like tonight was the first night that you've ever experienced me 100% sober. Cannabis conundrum. <laughs> he started to open a drawer. He said, I have petty cash. Do you, do you need some money so you can buy an eighth? <laughs> I said, I don't need any money. I don't need any money. I just, I can't find the fucking weed. And he's racking his brain. Like I need to find you some weed. Like two seconds ago, he was chastising me for smoking, for smoking it, right? Fucking things up, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is the first time you've ever seen me without weed. Like for, I don't know, 18 hours, 24 hours now straight. I haven't smoked any weed. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I, I, I used to, my sister. She used to smoke a lot. Um, she's she slowed down recently, but she still smokes. Don't get me wrong. But she used to wake and bake and, and, and the whole nine. And uh, I used to not want to get into a car with her unless she was high. Um, because, and I know statistically speaking, it's probably not right. I don't care. When she was sober, she'd have me scared shitless. When she was high, it was calm, relaxing, no brake checking, no, we weren't doing 30 on the freeway either. Like she was driving normal. Um, and she was one of those that like she she operates better when she's high. I um, I, I I like my I, I like substance. Let's just put it that way. You know, I, I'm, I'm I'm having my whiskey right now. Most people that yeah, even know yeah. me on stereo usually know me to have my whiskey. Guess who? Uh, recently, I've been experimenting. Well, not experimenting. Uh, I think I've passed the experimentation phase. But uh, you know, I, I play around with every now and then when friends show up. Hey, you, you want to try this? Well, sure, let's go. I guess for me, because I'm a control freak. So generally, as a rule of thumb, if it's going to have me completely inebriated, out of my mind, or whatever, I have to do it at home. I can't. I cannot be in public. I can't be in anywhere other than my home. Like when when it hits me, I need to be able to crawl my ass to bed. If that's the only way I'm gonna get into bed, is crawling. Uh, so even with my alcohol, so the the function part, it always. I don't know. It does give me personally a cringe, and it's probably due to my mother was a functionally alcoholic. Well, she was an addict, so whatever she 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 weed, whatever she can get her hands on, she was gonna get her hands on. Um, so I've seen mm, I've seen I've, that side I know of these it. people, right, right. So I've seen that side of it too. So I mean, even when they if, if somebody's gonna say, oh, well, weed's the bad guy. I wouldn't even say weed's the bad guy or alcohol's the bad guy. It's the individuals and their ability to control because that's that's one of our things, like in my world. Um, so it's willpower. Well, I've it's seen it's, some people. It, it, it's be able to handle your shit. You know what I mean. Uh, so if you're that guy that I, you know you get high and you got a hug and everybody, you probably don't want to be high around <laughs> us. You know if, if 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 you can't act the same normalness that you do sober, 
uh, granted, I mean, I know we're partying, we're having a good time, but you know, if you're that guy that that starts to drink and has to take your clothes off, well, you probably oh, can't shit. drink around us. You know. <laughs> oh, I mean, man, it depends a, who you are, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got a really interesting one early, not not too long ago. Matter of fact, a couple of days. Yeah, I mean, if you're cute enough. Um, not but a, a, a week or so before you originally talked to me about this conversation. So I was working late. My friends were at the bar. Wife was already in bed. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go to the bar, go get me a drink, you know, play some more pool with my friends before I go home to go to bed. <laughs> and I showed up and this one guy I haven't seen in forever is there. And they're all looking at me with the face like, uh, our bad, we should have told you he was here. Because I called him and told him I was coming. So I show up, and this guy, he's beyond drunk. And at some point, he says some stuff that's uh, that was disrespectful, and he almost got whooped by some of the other people that were there at the party. And long story short, they kicked him out. Like, the, the, the patrons of the bar kicked him out. But he was on his bike, and we don't we don't really like people being that drunk on their bike. So it was like, you know, we'll we'll call you an Uber. Like somebody was gonna front it up, and of course, convincing him of this, he's a little egotistical type of guy. He thinks his shit don't stink, and always wants to brag about his uh, his lake house and stuff like that. He's that type of guy. So uh, he wasn't gonna hop in somebody, you know, any any Uber and leave his motorcycle there. Well, I knew he knew me well enough so i walked over there and was like hey let me give you a ride home let's leave your bike here oh i'll ride with marcus yeah i'll ride with him yeah okay so he hops in my truck free will not it wasn't even that whole you have to put your arm around him and kind of guide him that way we were walking and talking and he was beelining straight he was like where you parked i said i'm right over there he walked over there free will hopped in my truck so we leave the bar i know he lives like 30 40 minutes south of where the bar is which you know that's that's traveling time in houston so we're traveling and i'm you know trying to ask for directions and last minute oh yeah turn here oh yeah turn here so we finally get into this neighborhood and uh he keeps asking me what did he do that was so disrespectful at that time i didn't realize what he did i heard later on and then i remembered i did hear that comment but i didn't realize that i thought there was somebody was making a joke not being serious he didn't realize the context of it he, yes, I didn't realize the context of it. Um, and when I found out the context, it, 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 I, I was like, man, y'all should have just whooped his ass. Ah, don't touch me, asswipe. But uh, anyways. <laughs> I took uh, that fucker well, home, fuck. Because, because, well, no, because I took him home, right? And then, like, I'm asking him where to turn to get into his neighborhood. He's like, turn here. So I turn. And then all of a sudden, I, I hear his phone ringing. So I'm assuming, because he was already trying to convince me to turn around. To let him pick up his bike and I, I don't want that on my conscience I'm sorry so I just assumed he was calling one of his other friends to come pick him up at his house to take him back to his bike well then it's out of my hands because I left you at your house you know what I mean and all of a sudden I hear uh 911 what's your emergency he puts it on speakerphone and I looked at him like you've got to be fucking kidding me and he goes yes um I'm being held against my will I'm in this truck on this such and such street. And then he realized, oh, well, you turned on the wrong street. You need to go down and around. I said, okay. So I went down and around, came back. He was like, I guess this is the street we're going to be turning back again on. He was like, yeah. So I'm already looking. Now I'm like, this is suspect. Because now he's telling crossroads of where we're at. 
And I was like, what? I said, what the fuck? And the dispatcher, of course, hears me because she's on speakerphone. She goes, um, uh, whose car are you? And you're you in a friend, family's, or a child's car? And I said, well, I thought I was a friend. And he was like, well, no, no, I'm being held against my will, blah, 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 blah. You need to send somebody to pick me up. Now, mind you, and I hate to play this card, but it is a reality. I was, I'm a black man in this rich white man's neighborhood where every time I've gone to visit him, some cop follows me to his house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, right. So I already don't need this bullshit. <laughs> so she was like, well, uh, can you get out of the car? Man, I don't think my truck has ever went into park so fast ever in its life while moving. Um, I parked in the middle <laughs> of the street, which unlocked the doors. I said, why, yes, he can. Get the fuck out. And he was like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said, get out. And he got out of the car. And then he looks up. And I guess, and again, because you could tell he was phasing in and out. Like, during that whole conversation, he didn't realize he's telling the cops, I'm holding him hostage. Then he looks up and he goes, uh, some mess about, um, you know, uh, when I find out who y'all are, uh, I'm coming to get, I said, Kenny, you know who the fuck I am. You can come to my door. I will text you my fucking address. You can come see me whenever you want. Now get the fuck out of my car. Oh, oh, this is where I said alcohol again. I, he was clicking back in. He was like, oh, oh, no, Marcus, Marcus. I don't mean, I said, shut the fuck up and shut my door. I don't mean Go you. Shut you my, my homie. door. And he closed <laughs> my door and I drove off. And what was even worse is because the person that, okay, the persons whose old lady that he insulted, he could remember to call that person to say, I'm sorry. But he did, he did not even remember calling 911 he doesn't remember confrontation with me or anything said hello kids my name is dennis and i'm an alcoholic cool yeah <laughs> so i mean you know that functioning alcoholic it, 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 there's that a fine a line function. that crosses over <laughs> really quick and that's my bill is is I get it, you know, people like and need what they need. I mean, fuck, I hop on my boots and do 160 miles an hour just to calm my nerves. Um, so I can dig it. But, uh, you know, when, mm -hmm. when, when, when the beast is the one in control, there's, there's a problem. <laughs> I would like to thank Loki for joining us tonight. It has been a pleasure, like always. And when y'all are ready to get serious about your brand, check out LokiHosting.com. And if you need apparel, whether it be panties or t-shirts, check out LokiWares.com. Tell him Cannabis Conundrum sent you. I'd like to promise a discount, but I mean, just tell him I promised you a discount. I, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> he don't know. <laughs> we haven't had that conversation yet, but just let's flood this dude with business. He's mad professional. He's part of the family. and He's a great guy. You're going to love him. After the break, does a Obama prefer weed? Ooh, does he? <laughs> we'll be right back. President Obama getting real in the pages of The New Yorker about his battles in the White House and opening up on a personal level, telling editor David Remnick in an interview that if he had a son, he wouldn't let him play football for fear of concussions. He also revealed new details of his own views on marijuana. 
calling pot use a vice, but adding, I don't think it is more dangerous than alcohol. Obama described his use of marijuana in his 1995 memoir, Dreams from My Father. And as a senator campaigning for president, he talked about Bill Clinton's infamous claim that he didn't inhale. It's not something I'm proud of. It, 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 was, a, it was a mistake as, as a young man, but, you know, I mean, I'm not going. I never understood that line. The point was to inhale. That was the point. When I asked Obama about another area of shifting public opinion, the legalization of marijuana, he seemed less eager to evolve with any dispatch and get in front of the issue. It has been well documented. I smoked pot as a kid and view it as a bad habit and a vice, not very different from the cigarettes that I smoked as a young person, up through a big chunk of my adult life. I don't think it's more dangerous than alcohol. Is it less dangerous? I asked. Obama leaned back and let a moment go by. That was one of his moves. When he's being interviewed, particularly for print, he has a habit of slowing himself down. And as a result, a spoon of cautious lucidity. He speaks in paragraphs with moments of revision. Sometimes he'll stop in the middle of a sentence and say, Scratch that. Or, I think the grammars all screw up in that sentence. Let me start again. Less dangerous, he said, in terms of its impact on the individual consumer. It's not something I encourage, and I've told my daughters, I think it's a bad idea, it's a waste of time, and it's not very healthy. Smoke weed every day. Heck yes. <laughs> this shit's getting way too complicated for me. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Hicks. Pot is a better drug than alcohol. Fact. Fact, stop your internal dialogue. But Bill, alcohol's a Shut up! You're wrong, get over it. Okay? Okay. I'll prove it to you, man. You're at a ball game or a concert and someone's really violent and aggressive and obnoxious. Are they drunk or are they smoking pot? Which is it? They're drunk. I have never seen people on pot get in a fight because it is fucking impossible. <laughs> Hey, buddy. Hey, what? Hey, hey. <laughs> End of argument. Say you get in a car accident and you've been smoking pot. You're only going four fucking miles an hour. <laughs> Shit, we hit something. by a Domino's truck, man. Just a better world. Last night a DJ saved my life. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, his last name is literally Fox. It's the cannabis conundrum. Put it in your pipe and smoke some. Nailed it.